This is episode number 506 with number one New York Times bestselling author and YouTube sensation, Lily Singh. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Pablo Picasso said, every child is an artist. The problem is staying an artist when you grow up. Mm. Pumped for our episode today with the one and only Lily Singh, who is a Canadian YouTube personality, vlogger, comedian, writer, actress, and number one New York Times bestselling author. She is better known by her YouTube username, Superwoman. Since beginning her channel in 2010, her videos have received almost 2 billion views, and she reached 11 million YouTube subscribers in January of 2017. And her channel is currently in one of the top 100 most subscribed channels on YouTube. And just recently, she was ranked first on the 2017 Forbes top 100 influencer list in the entertainment category. This girl is a boss in every sense of the word, and I'm super pumped to have her here in studio to talk about everything. Some of the things we cover are how Lily overcame severe depression in college and what she did to overcome that, why being obsessed with excellence is actually a good thing, why it's okay to be the dumbest person on your team, What Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, told Lily about sharing your money. Why YouTube is the best platform for actors to be making content on and so much more. I asked Lily at the start, I said, I want this to be the best interview you've ever done. And for you to share things that you've never shared before, which I knew would be challenging because she shares so much about her life on her YouTube channel. And at the end, she actually said that she shared some new things and that it was one of the best she's ever done. So I'm super pumped. I think you're going to get a lot out of this. Before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to our review of the week. This is from Rigo B who said, I'm an immigrant. I came to this country with so many dreams and this podcast helps me every day to push harder to accomplish my dreams. Thank you, Lewis, for everything you do. So Rigo B, thank you for being the review of the week. And if you guys want a shot of being the fan and review of the week, then just go to the podcast app or go to iTunes.com slash greatness and leave a review over on iTunes right now. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. All right, guys, a big thank you again to our sponsors, and I am so pumped about this one. Lily Singh, again, blew me away, so inspiring, so captivating, and she took over this interview with just such passion, inspiration, and wisdom. You're going to learn a ton, so make sure to share this out with your friends. LewisHouse.com slash 506. Tag me, at Lewis Howes, on Instagram and Twitter and social media. Make sure to tag Superwoman as well, Lily Singh, to let her know what you thought while you're listening. So without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only Superwoman, Lily Singh. 
Welcome, everyone, back to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about our guest today. Lily Singh is in the house. Good I am in you. the house. Thank Good you for having me. I am pumped. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Humble the Poet. Shout out to Humble the Poet. Told me I had to get you on. I started researching more about you. Mm-hmm. I'd heard about you before. I'd seen photos of you in uh, Lindsay Sterling and Cassie Hose. Love uh, and uh, I Justine, they're always posting about you. So I was like, mm. I got to meet this girl. The sisterhood of YouTube. That's for it, sure. Right? The unicorns. The whatever. unicorns. Yeah, yes. I know they came to my premiere dressed as I unicorns. I saw that. Actually. I was like, that's oh. pretty cool. That was the first time where I was like, do I have friends? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think I might have friends. Those are like super friends. Yeah, to do exactly. That. Yeah. yeah, it was nice. Um, and I thought I would start out. I said, I asked humble. I said, what's the thing that, uh, Lily is, is known for, for you that maybe most people don't know. Mm -hmm. And he said, she's got super human strength, like literally super strong. She can lift things. See, when you said strength, I thought you meant like mentally strong. And I was like, oh, that's that's so sweet. But the physically strong, I'm like even more flattered. (laughs) So here's what he said. He said, we need to do an arm wrestling contest. Ooh, okay. And he said, you'd be surprised. Well, you will probably win, but I think you'll be surprised again at how much I will. Am I allowed to hold this? Hold whatever you want. Okay, cool. Yes. Ready? I'm, I'm, she's like bringing the grip around. Okay. She's got like, I'm stronger in my legs usually, but I'm already making oh. excuses. So here we go. Ready? How do you? Yeah. I go. Oh. Oh, she's pretty You're good. letting me live. Okay. <laughs> but you see, there was a little resistance there. was there, a little right? bit of strength. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Growing up, I was so independent and I remember <laughs> my family was moving. I refused to let anyone help me move things. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to lift my TV and take it downstairs and right. I'm going to move this dresser. And so I think I was so stubborn that really mm. I just forced my body to keep up Willed with my it. mental stubbornness. Mm, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Maybe Humble's just a little weaker. And so, to be fair, humble is not the tidier. most physically strong yeah, person. Yeah. He's I feel. an artist. Yeah, right. He's strong in he's, penmanship. <laughs> he's great. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm. Cl- I'm glad you're here. Super strong mentally and physically. You've got a book called How to Be a Boss: mm-hmm. A Guide to Conquering Life. Make sure you guys pick this up, Thanks. and uh, it is very inspiring. Um, you wrote it entirely yourself. A lot yes. of great lessons of things you've learned from. From everything you've been through in your life, from personal to family to health to mm-hmm. relationships to business, uh, I think you just posted yesterday. You're the number one influencer in the world on on Forbes. What did Forbes rank you as? Like number one? Well, they YouTuber, have a, influencer, they have a top influencer list, and yes. so in the entertainment category, I was number one. Entertainment yep. number one entertainment influencer in the world. I guess so. Yes, actually, I'm not going to be questionable about. It. I'm going to own be it. Yes, boss. correct. I posted this yesterday saying how I saw that. Yeah, You're part like, of it. I didn't want to share this, yes. but then men I'm men trying do. to get better at that, yeah, not yeah. being you know wary of my accomplishments. Promoting being like, your no, accomplishments. yes, I exactly. think there's a, it's an art form. It's a dance on how we acknowledge it, right? And someone we both look up to that we have in common is yes. Dwayne Johnson, who yes. I learned from. Is it's okay to promote your accomplishments because Absolutely. he's such a great guy and he yeah. works so hard. Yeah. Well, I've never met him yet, but his quote is on my wall. Yes. So I've been priming my space for him to sit <laughs> right in this place. I'll put in a great word. Yes, for sure. Um, <laughs> But I think it's really cool that you're putting yourself out there and you're acknowledging it because I think if you don't acknowledge these mm-hmm. certain things, not saying you have to share it out on right. social media, but if you're not doing it, then I think you're not acknowledging how great of a person you are and what you're up to in the world. So Thank congratulations you. Thank on you very that. much. I appreciate that. Um, I'm curious. So many great lessons in the book. Mm-hmm. So many things you've accomplished. What's the greatest lesson you've ever learned? Ooh, the greatest lesson I've ever learned. Um, I think something I struggled a lot in a lot within my life was, you know, when I decided to make YouTube videos, I came out of a very dark period in my life. And that mm-hmm. was at the end of university. And prior to and that university moment, in, in Canada is in Canada. high school in the U.S. No. <laughs> what, what age? What, it's college in the what, U.S. What, what, what so age So I was that? like, because it's very different. Early 20s or 19s, okay. 19s, 20s, something no. like that. Well, it's a college. That's college for Well, US, college and university is kind of the same thing here. It's like when you graduate high school, then you go to College okay, or university. So for us, it's you either years. go to college or university as well, but university is four years as well. Got it. University. I was at York okay. University getting a psychology degree. Yes. And up until that point in my life, I don't know if it was just the culture I grew up in or the other family members I had that were walking a path. I really did genuinely believe that life was very linear. I thought you're going to go to university and then you're going to get a job and then you're going to get married and you're going to have kids was everyone around me. That's what they did. Mm. And I didn't see life as this fluid thing that you could create your own path with and do whatever you want. I was just like, this is the way life is. Um, and one of the reasons was because of school. I really do believe in education, but in school you learn certain things. You learn subjects and then you learn science and then you learn a whole bunch of things and it's very by the book psychology one of my biggest issues was i'd read this whole chapter about a theory and the last sentence was 
but this might not be true. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no facts. You're killing me here, Freud. You're killing me. I need, yeah. So one of the hardest lessons I've learned in my life is that you don't actually learn a lot about yourself and what will drive you as a human from school, unfortunately. I don't feel that way. You know, when I was, you learn about time management, maybe. Yeah. writing skills maybe but when I went through depression my last year of university I was like nothing I've learned in school has prepared me for this nothing I learned in school told me that I had to work hard at being happy and no assignment I've ever done made me work at improving myself mm-hmm. and so one of the hardest lessons I've learned was everything takes work not just your school assignments not just your exams not just the job you want or the job interview you want to ace it's Working on your mental health, working on your happiness, working on what is it I actually want to do and work for and what are my values and what are my beliefs. You need to work on those things. Yeah. And I, it sounds silly to say, but that's not common sense, I feel, when you're growing up. You literally think you're supposed to have those things. Yeah. You're supposed to have happiness. You're supposed to have good values. Supposed to, no, but how? Where do these things come from? You have to work on them. And mm-hmm. that's what I've been doing and that's what I preach about in this book. Yeah, and there's no class in school that taught us about how to have inner peace. Yes. Or how to love ourselves. Or if that even existed. Right. Yeah. It was just like, this is what you do. And, you know, I guess our parents are supposed to do that, but mm-hmm. sometimes they don't do the best job or they're doing their best. Or sometimes maybe they don't even know exactly. because they were never afforded those opportunities to ever learn about their inner peace. <laughs> and if they're stressed out and depressed or they're going through challenges, mm-hmm. then you're modeling what you see. 100%. Yeah. So that's why I think it's really cool that you're talking about how to love yourself. Yes. And acknowledge really, your accomplishments. Yes, thank you. I do believe it's a crucial step. And I think when I talk about it, I know people in their head, they're like, okay, what is this Tumblr, Tumblr quote time? Like, love right, yourself. Right. But really, once I start to love myself, everything else kind of fell into place yeah. in my life. Yeah. Why do you think you were going down depression last year? There was, there was a few things. I think one was that, you know, when I was younger, I used to be really creative. I used to be the middle of the dance floor at family parties, always I want to bake a cool cake. I want to do this dance performance. I want to write a poem. And then I, the school system or my family, whatever convinced me that it's time to grow up. Mm. You now need to pick a job and pick a major. I remember going into university and them saying, pick a major now that you want to do for four years. Cause that's going to now dictate whatever job you get. Life. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I have no idea what I want to do. And so I was forced into this mindset of you, now's the time to figure it out. There's no more messing around and playing around and you can't do these creative things. And so I think that was one major reason, you know, I was, doing something I didn't enjoy. I was going to lectures for three hours I hated and I wasn't interested in. Um, And I had a lot of trust issues with my friends as well. I'm not going to lie. I I ran into a lot of issues with my friends because growing up, I've always had major trust issues. I just, I I don't know what it is, if it's just like the sexism naturally embedded into the culture I grew up in, but I had a hard time trusting guys. Mm. I had a hard time trusting my friends when it came to guys I knew as well. And so like I had a lot of just unresolved issues in my brain they all boiled into that last year of university the pressure of exams and figure out your life and now you got to do this and i just was like i'm done i can't do this and i kind of shut down wow okay who was the person that you were in a relationship the most Mm -hmm. that gave you the most pain huh the person i was in a relationship with the most that gave me the most pain i would say experience you know what? I, I think, and this is going to get real deep, I think it's, there's an obvious answer, which is going to be the friends I had a falling out with. But I don't think, I think that's kind of a scapegoat for the real issue. And there's two. One is that my parents are the best people in like, on the planet to me. But prior to me going through that really dark time period, we never really had an open relationship like I wouldn't talk to them about a lot of things Mm. they wouldn't really talk to me and not because we didn't care we just didn't know how to you know we didn't talk about a lot of things growing up it was just you're the parents you provide for me and you you care for me and love me but if I have a problem at school you're probably not the person I'm going to talk to about it (laughs) Um, and so I would say that that lack of openness probably caused me a lot of pain with With your parents yes Mm. but also the person that caused me the most it was myself the old me that didn't believe in myself and didn't think I deserved to be loved and just accepted crap in life that version of myself caused me the most pain to be honest Um, that version does not exist anymore I actually do care about myself as a person and value my happiness Um, and the greatest thing that came from me overcoming that dark period was a big way I overcame it was talking to my mom And so I always tell people one of the greatest things that happened in my life was depression because my relationship with my parents now is amazing. And I'll never forget that day I went home and I just started crying. And for the first time ever, my mom was like, we're going to talk. And I was like, what? I think actually what happened was, oh my God, you're already getting stuff out of me that I haven't talked about. I was in my car 
I got home, I was in my car, and I remember having just the worst day ever inside, not mm. to anybody else, but inside the worst day ever. And I was parked on my driveway, and I just remember crying in my car, and then I didn't realize that my mom pulled up, and she had seen, I guess. And so when I got inside, she's like, we're going to talk. And the thing is, like, so many people had pulled up to my house, and she was the only one that noticed. And so we had this conversation, and I just spilled my heart out to her, telling her everything that was bothering me. And since then, we've just had such a great line of communication. How old were you then? Oh, I'm so bad with ages. This was a well, university, university, so 20-something. Yeah, exactly. Or just the last year? The last year, sorry. The last year of university, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you opened up, you became more vulnerable to mm-hmm. her? Is this what it sounds yeah. like? And, and shared all vice things? versa. She also, I mean, since that day... My mom has told me so many things about her life that really explain who she is as a person that mm. I don't think she's told anyone. Right. I really value our relationship. She really confides in me and tells me things like mm. her deepest, darkest fears. And sure. that's really special. It's powerful. Yeah, it's it powerful creates stuff. the ultimate bond, the mm-hmm. ultimate connection, and the ultimate level of trust. 100%. And level of just acceptance, mm-hmm. right? When you start to reveal certain things to other people and they reveal to you, it's like you start to understand and accept. 100%. Because we can always try our best to put ourselves in other people's shoes, but that's mm-hmm. at the end of the day just a figure of speech. Yeah. To actually put yourself in someone else's shoes is to know their experiences and what they've gone through. And so, you know, to your point of our parents are sometimes doing the best they can. Yeah. When I learned so many things about my mom that I've never known before, I thought, wow, she's actually going above and beyond to what she has experienced in life, right. which was she's gone through some things, man, sure. and she did her best and I think I turned out all right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Number one influencer in the world. You yeah. know, mom, not too shabby. <laughs> Hi, mom. What would you say, who was the most influential person for you, your mom or your dad? Hmm. I'm going to have to go with my, it's kind of twofold, but my first answer would be my mom, just because I think I've spent more time with my mom mm-hmm. and I'm a little bit, I think we have more in-depth conversations, me and my mom. Um, and she's gone through a lot of adversity as well. I think, I don't want to come across as if my entire upbringing was completely sexist. No, that would be a lie. That would be me exaggerating. But, you know, the South Asian community, the one I grew up in, does have levels of sexism embedded into it. And so when you contrast my mom and dad, my mom definitely had to face more adversity when it comes to what was expected of her and what she had to sacrifice and things she had to do. And so I think, especially being a woman in entertainment, I relate to that and I see that and I know that I'm so outspoken because she taught me how to be that way. Yeah. 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 When it comes to business, though, a lot of things I've learned about business is mm-hmm. through my dad. Really? My dad is a great businessman. He's great at speaking to people. Mm. Um, and I worked with our family business for a long time. And so What's I think, the family business? So he uh, controls a territory of gas stations in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I used to work as a cashier in one of them. So I used to kind of work for my dad for a little bit. And I used to see how he would assign certain goals to people and how he'd bring the team together. And I think a lot of those things I've learned and tried to mm. implement in my own life as well. One of the things that our, our mutual friend Humble told me about, I was like, what's something that really inspires you about Lily? He goes, she, her level of work ethic and hustle, whether she's working fast food or some <laughs> job she hates or yeah. putting together furniture is like the same level of energy and passion and hustle of across everything you do in life. Right. He said he's really like inspired by that. Why, where does that come from and why do you do that? Yeah, honestly, I don't know where it comes from. Part of me thinks that, and this is me being really honest, I think it's a great pro and a strength, but often at times it's also a really big con why? in my life. Um, I'll give you a prime example. The yeah. other day we threw a barbecue for one. someone on my team got engaged. He's sitting right over there. Mm-hmm. And I threw a barbecue and I was like, all right, I'm pretty good. Simple barbecue. Get some stuff for the barbecue. Barbecue. Great. Then I'm like, I should do a fruit plate. And I was FaceTiming Humble. And this is why I know he said this too, because I was FaceTiming Humble. And I was cutting strawberries into stars and bawling melons to make them look like flowers. And he was just looking at me and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, why are you putting this much effort into this fruit bowl? And it did not even occur to me. I was like why wouldn't I spend five hours on this fruit bowl? <laughs> what do you mean? Five hours. And I think it's just that I like oh. to challenge myself. And when I do anything, I, I treat it as if it is the most important thing. Mm. And that's great because then I get to do amazing things like this that I'm really, yeah. really proud of. Yeah. But then also I spend five hours making a fruit bowl. So it's yeah. kind of problematic. Making your bed for two hours. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, I haven't got that gotten there yet. But it's, yeah, I don't know. There's something in me that's just obsessed with mm. improving and productivity mm. all the time. And when people ask me, how do you do that? Don't you get tired? The answer is, I don't know 
I don't mm. get tired. I, I get tired of doing a lot of things. But I don't get tired of making this one thing the best it could be. You obsess over it. Is I obsess. Do you think there's something underneath it? Like, what if you didn't have the perfect fruit bowl? Then I mean, what? it wasn't perfect. The kiwis were oh, kind of whack. Oh, my I'll, gosh. I'll say that. Oh. <laughs> um, I think it's just we have X amount of energy in a day. And if I'm going to spend that energy anyways, mm. why not just spend it on doing something really well? It really bothers me if I just do... Like, for, here's an example. If I take a break, I usually watch a TV show. Mm-hmm. And in my brain, it's not just me, oh, I'm going to do nothing and watch a TV show. In my brain, it is, no, no, you are going to get inspired, but you have to proactively watch this TV show now so you can get it's inspired. Like it's not exactly. relaxing. And I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with productivity at every level and being the best I can be and extracting the best I can out of everything. Mm. And it's obsessive. Who do you want to be? Who do I want to be? I want to be, I don't want to fill anyone's void. You know, I think Humble and I learned this when we were in Italy at the honor of talking to Pharrell. And he said something that really, really impacted me when Humble was asking him, I, he said, Humble said something like, I want to fill the Andre 3000 void. You know, that's what I want my music to be. And Pharrell was like, you should fill the Humble the Poet void. Ooh. And I was like, Ooh! I mean, humble talk about that all the time, and that got me thinking. Where mm. I don't want to feel the, I don't want people to be like, oh yeah, you could be the next Mindy Kaling. You know, they're just saying that because I'm also a brown girl. I don't want people to be like, yeah, you could be. Amy. No, I want to fill the Lily Singh void. I want to be the best version of myself. Um, that gives me goosebumps. You know, mm. I want to make little Lily get goosebumps when she looks at my success. I That's love, what I want to be. I love the dedication yeah. that you had. Uh, I'm just going to read it. Yeah. Um, dedicated to the person I was six years ago. Mm-hmm. I told you to keep going. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of the Matthew McConaughey speech. Oh, yeah? he got, did you remember seeing his speech? Was the Oscar or the Oscar where he was like, my inspiration is myself three years from now and like chasing that guy mm-hmm. who's going to achieve those things that I want right. to achieve. And it's like, what do I need to do now that's going to make that happen? Mm-hmm. And like always chasing that myself, not someone else. Right. So I think it's cool that you kind of dedicated to that. Yeah, that dedicate. I was thinking long and hard about the dedication. I'm like, of course, I want to dedicate to my mom. Of course, there's all these people. I put them all in the acknowledgments. I'm like, cut the. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mère and mère somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. BS, mm. the person that's actually dedicated to that actually got me here Inspires is me. the person that was like, I feel like crap. I'm still gonna get up tomorrow. That person that inspires me. Mm-hmm. I just I just finished my book, my my next book, and um, I might have to change my dedication. Really? And like, and give you the props for the inspiration. 
Not saying the same thing, but do it in my own you way. You don't got to give me any props for the yeah, inspiration. Yeah. No, I like I'm it just letting you know. I think Thank it's really you. cool. Because I dedicated my family in the last book, and I'm like, okay. Which is great. Yeah, yeah. Families are great. But they're in the acknowledgments as well, yeah. so maybe I'll change it up. But I think sometimes as humans, we need to be like, mm-hmm. we feel pressured to always be giving people credit, and always, mm-hmm. be, and that's very, mm-hmm. very important, but yeah. sometimes we don't give enough credit to ourselves. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, I agree. At the end of the day, it's still you that did the thing. I love it. Now, <laughs> now you went to school, mm-hmm. and you started becoming less creative. Mm-hmm. When did you decide that I need to kind of unleash my creativity again and bring this to the world and how can I make a living? Yes, I was doing it through a bunch of different things. In university, I did this thing where I started to bake cakes, like, you know, cake Mm, boss, ace of cakes type stuff. I know. And I was like, I'm going to be a baker now and do cakes. And that was me trying to be creative, make them look like a purse or make them look Mm -hmm. like something. They had to be perfect. They had. (laughs) That also rarely happened, but I tried my best. (laughs) Um, And then it was I had I was part of a dance team. Mm. I thought, okay, this is my creative outlet. I'm part of a dance team. But the thing that always held me back in any of those endeavors was the fact that I always felt my success was dependent on other people. So the dance team is the greatest example of that. In truly fashion, I was like, we're not just a dance team. No, no. We're going to take over the world through dancing. I want the biggest dance team. I want the best dance team. I want all genres of dance being performed. I want the Uh best costumes. And when you have 15 people on your team that are like, we really we are care. just here to dance <laughs> just for 15 a, minutes. We fun. ain't trying to have a dance empire taking over the world. <laughs> and that used to frustrate me so much because I would be showing up at practice, putting in my own money, staying up. Exactly. Yeah. And the, one of the things I learned was that's not actually their fault. You know, people have different priorities and that's okay. It's my fault for trying to implement my priorities onto other people that simply did not have them. Um, when I was in my last year of university, I discovered YouTube, which did not exist when I was younger. And I remember watching these videos thinking... There's people in their rooms making videos yes. and people are watching them. Like what is happening here? And there was a few creators in my community that, you know, had a few videos and I didn't really think anything of it. I thought it was just them. Yeah. Then when I went more into YouTube, I saw no people all over the world are making these videos and this is a thing. And I spontaneously one day put up a video yeah. online. I thought nothing of it. It was not even comedy. It was so far from who I am today. Mm-hmm. It was actually a spoken word piece about religion. Yeah, I heard you took it yeah. down, right? I or... took it down not because it sucked, because I have many sucky videos up. Yeah. I took it down because it just does not represent who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. But it was so awkward. I was so uncomfortable in it. And as bad as it was, I just fell in love with the fact that I could write whatever I wanted, say whatever I wanted, edit it however I want, promote it however I want, and no person around me impacted that success. There was no one else I had to rely on. I learned how to do everything myself, and that I fell in love with. And so without thinking, I posted a second video. That was comedy. It was based on a linguistics argument I had with my friend. And I posted another one, another one. And then suddenly I found myself thinking, well, how can I get better? How can I learn how to edit more? How yeah. can I write better? Just like the fruit bowl. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just like the fruit bowl. And then it snowballed into yeah. this brand and career. It's amazing. Yeah. And do you still edit all your videos? I'm like, so as can't. of recent, a few months ago, I do have an editor on board that helps really? me. Really? Just as a yes. few months ago? Yes. So for the past six or seven Holy years, cow, I know, which crazy. is six or seven years of me dressing up as different characters, moving my tripod, Sam, writing. forever. Not only did it take forever, it, it <laughs> got to a point where it wasn't enjoyable anymore because it's I play like so work. many characters and I shot and I edited myself. And you wrote the scripts. Everything. And- and so I remember be- shooting these videos exhausting. by myself, dressed in a beard, looking around like, what the hell am I doing with my life right now? Because I'm not having fun doing this, and this should be a fun career. Um, and that's why I decided to bring more people on my team. Mm-hmm. And now when I go on, on a shoot, I'm like, oh, I can do my job really well mm-hmm. and have fun, because having fun is important yes. to continuing doing something. And not to mention my editor is better than me. You know, yeah. one of the things I've learned is that it is okay to be the dumbest on your team with some, in respect to some things. Like, I'm really good at what I do, but I will not be as good of an editor as my editor. And so we work very, very collaboratively where I say, I want it to look like this. This is how I want. And he does that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he adds his own flirt, which is even better. But yeah. it's still me having the creative control, but someone executes it way better than I ever could. And it allows you to go relax or, relax or do more work. <laughs> or do more work. It allows me to do more Watch work. Watch movie and get exactly. inspired. It's just yeah. Exactly. Um, I love your, your quote about, let's, you already know where this is going to be in the part of your book. We tried to do this game. It didn't work. Um, the quote about the universe might respect the law of attraction, but mm-hmm. it respects a good hustle even more. Mm-hmm. 
I really love that. Was there a point earlier when you weren't a hustler or was it even when you were five, you were like always hustling? And then how do you sustain the hustle for people that feel like, man, that just seems exhausting? Is there a point in my life where I was not a hustler? Yeah, it was that point of my life at the end of university when I was super sad. Yeah. <laughs> that, if anyone had met me during that time, they would not recognize me as who I am today. I literally got up at, I mean, I still wake up at 3 p.m. sometimes if I go to sleep really late. I'm just going to be honest. I, my sleep schedule is a hot mess. Right. But I had absolutely no goals. Mm. I woke up with no purpose. Literally walker from The Walking Dead. Did not care. Didn't care to accomplish anything. I would don't. I didn't care at all about how the fruit bowl looked. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. I was a different person. Um, but prior to that, I do, I do got to say everything in my life when I look back has been this need to do my best. And the the greatest example is I remember I used to work at Harvey's, which is a Canadian fast. I think mm. your equivalent might be Hardee's yes. here in America. <laughs> um, I worked at, it was my first job, a fast food restaurant. And I remember there was downtime and the store was empty. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, great. I'm going to refill the cutlery. And I was doing stuff. And it, it did not occur to me that everyone else was just chilling. They were just like not looking at me, yeah, yeah. fill these forks. And I remember hearing someone say this and it was the most shocking thing I've ever heard. They were just like, you just always got to do something. Like you're always working. And I'm like, wait, are you guys not? And it was so shocking, but I didn't even realize that was a thing people did. Like they just did not do something. And so I really think it's just something embedded within me that I haven't completely figured out why. Mm. It's just always been this need to do things and be productive. Um, Well, I mean, you look at the results. I mean, the results don't lie. You've generated certain results. Nor do hips. They do not. You're right. Do your hips lie? Not at all. Oh, all right. Never. Show me later. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> do a little dance move. Um, I mean, my results don't lie. And you've created specific results in your life because of this level of hustle and energy mm-hmm. that's been consistent. And I think if people don't want to generate great results, then they can take a break and they mm-hmm. can pause and you know, not be productive in certain things consistently right. and they're going to get those type of results. So it all depends on what we want. Uh, it all depends on what we want. And I yeah. think the danger of, uh, the, not the danger, but something I know people think after hearing this conversation is they think, mm-hmm. well, that's very unhealthy. That's an unhealthy lifestyle balance. And people say that to me all the time. A lot of my friends are, you're always working, just come out with us. And here's the thing. If I'm really honest, to have a certain level of success, I do believe you do have to be obsessed with it. You have to be. You know, you have you to be obsessed with it. cannot win a championship yeah. at any sport at the highest level exactly. without being obsessed So it depends what your goals are. Depends what it is. If yes. your goal is to be successful, but then also have weekends and mm-hmm. also have a certain standard of relationship and have family, that's not wrong. That is your goal and you do that. Mm-hmm. But when people say that to me, my goals are I want to be exceptionally good at this one thing and that is going to require a certain level of dedication and that is the reality of the situation obsessiveness obsessiveness all of your time and Dwayne's a great example like obsessiveness waking up at four working out no matter where he is like that is an obsessive level of commitment and he gets incredible results exactly but he wouldn't get those results without obsessiveness exactly without constantly creating and focusing on his health and building relationships and adding value to the 100%. world and being nice to people. He seems like one of the nicest he guys, right? He is the nicest person I've yeah. ever met. Yeah. And I know people are just like, oh, he's just nice to you. Maybe he's... No, I can write a whole scientifically proven book as to why he's the nicest person on the planet. Why is he? Okay, he's the <laughs> nicest person for a few reasons. One is that he is actually... You know, when you talk about power, mm-hmm. there's many ways you could exercise power. You know, you could do dictatorship like I control you thus I am powerful and I can make you do whatever I want make the, all these rules and we see these types of people in the world and they yeah. regardless of what we like it or not they have power yeah. another way to have power is to think true power is how many people can I help accomplish what they want to do in life that is a different way of looking at power that's how he looks at power and he does that through when he's in part of a movie or when he's talking to me or when he's talking to any of his friends he does not say you he says we that's his thing. When the first time I ever had a heart to heart conversation with him, I remember telling him this whole situation about, you know, I call myself Superwoman. I have a deal with DC. And I told him this whole thing about how obviously seven years ago, I didn't think my YouTube channel would be so popular. So I stupidly called myself Superwoman, not realizing it's right. trademarked. Um, and I remember, I'll never forget his response, which was, I definitely think we should try branding more towards Lily's thing. And I think we should do. And then he st- caught, even caught himself and he said, keeps saying we obviously it's you but it's just you know we like, mm. and he was just so invested and if you look at his movies he's not the producer of all of them he's not the director right. of all of them but right. he always in his captions like we've done what we can to put on the best movie for you because he understands that is it's the more team. 
positive yeah. way of using power. Of course. Yeah, yeah. If it's all you, it's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. It's very selfish, I think. Exactly. I try to make it about uh, a group of people. And I know that yeah. there's no way. Even I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger doing a speech about this uh, from a commencement speech, whether you like him or not or agree with him mm-hmm. or not. Um, he was like, there's no such thing as a self-made man. He's like, there are thousands of people that helped mm-hmm. me to get to where I'm at. Uh, and it doesn't matter what I've accomplished. There's so many people on the team who've supported right. it. So we've got to think about the team, mm-hmm. the people you surround yourself with and who support you. Yeah. Dwayne is all about that. That's probably the His greatest team, lesson right? I've learned. I, to be honest, I was bad at that. I will call myself you out fully. You wanted to do it all yourself and have control. And- yes. I, and I was not good at delegating. And also, I did have this internal battle when I moved to LA where I was like, wait, so many people need a cut of the money I make? That was a huge I'm a, issue. I'm experiencing this right yeah. now. It's like 10% and that's me here, being, yeah. 5% for that's lawyers. That's me being really 10% honest. 10% for business manager. I'm I was like, like, 100% of me is in front of the camera. <laughs> wow, y'all getting 10% of everything that happened. I know, right? And that was a struggle I had. And I remember yeah. sending Dwayne this email asking for his advice. And he said something that really changed my mind. He said, listen, everyone brings their expertise to the table and therefore everyone deserves a cut and that's how you will get greater results. Mm, And I blindly trusted him because (laughs) I was like, if Dwayne says it, it must be true. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. I was resistant to certain things. You know, this whole year I've been getting more and more people kind of courting Mm. with with the results that we're getting and the brand that we're building. And I'm like, I've always done the business deals myself and negotiated every contract and speaking fees and, and mm-hmm. partnerships and sponsorships. I was like, I've been negotiating it since I was getting a hundred dollars a sponsor to right. where I'm at now. And it's like, I don't need someone else to do that for me. I'm good at this, you know, but the more I'm realizing, like, and the more people I talk to who have bigger brands are like, you just need the team. You, you need, need the team. team. If you want to elevate it to a whole other level, you got to remove yourself from something. Right. Exactly. Focus because it goes back do. to, you're really good at it, but are you as good as the person who that's yeah. their sole it's like job? Like your editor too. Exactly. You're pretty good at it. Exactly. He's a little better, and it gives you mm-hmm. time to do other things, right? Exactly. That's the the smartest decision you can make is understanding you're not the smartest at something, and get someone who's smart to do that thing. But you're pretty smart. At a lot of I I'm I'm pretty decent at editing, but could I do the things my editor does? Absolutely not. Right. What do you think um, you need to let go of? in your life in order to get to the next level for yourself. You're already number one influencer in the world. You're already one of the top three highest paid YouTubers of all time. You're already... (laughs) Since the beginning of time. You're already... In a a world. (laughs) (laughs) You're already a number one New York Times bestselling author. You're already doing music and tours and dancing and taking over the world. What do you need to let go of and who do you need to step into in order to get to your next level? Something, and this is quite specific to what I do, um, something I need to let go of that I think a lot of people would be shocked to to know it actually does impact me is I don't necessarily make content completely for views. You know, and I think my vlog channel channel is a great testament to that. My vlogs don't get a lot of views and I've always told myself that's Wait because- What's it, not a lot? Okay, so yes, <laughs> let, me put this, let me put this into perspective. <laughs> so my main channel in- a, a, Half a day should get a million views, Uh a video. My vlog channel, a good vlog in 24 hours will get 150K. So it's significantly less. It's a second channel. It's not scripted. It's me going through my day, being myself. People want to watch it, great. And I have a rule for myself that I refuse to orchestrate drama into my day for my vlogs. I just am not going down that path. (laughs) And so something I need to let go of is that even though I make content I really believe in and I think is funny and... You can ask my team. I'll sometimes be reading my video, my scripts and watching my videos and I'll be laughing at my own jokes and be like, <laughs> you're such funny. a nerd. And I'm like, but I'm so funny. And no one else is laughing. That's fine. But the, the challenge is that I have kind of been this um, very fast growing channel and done really well for myself. Mm-hmm. There are going to be people that surpass me in terms of views. Yeah. There are going to be videos that don't do as well. And even though I know in my heart when I'm writing a script, I'm not thinking about, okay, this will get 2 million views. The struggle is that when you post things online, that's the only measure we have, mm-hmm. right? I don't have a live audience. Results. Exactly. I care less about that when it's live. Of course, I still want the place to be sold out, but when it's not sold out and there's still 200 people that are screaming, that still feels like, oh, a message is getting across. The problem with online is the views are the only measure we have. Comments, I, views, likes, I, I, But I can't even yeah. read through every comment. You know what I mean? Yeah, so there's thousands. no way if there was a sea of positive comments that would make me feel like this video had a great message, I wouldn't be able to get through them all. The quickest number I can see is the view count. And so what I need to let go of is that view count mm. actually validating what my content is. 
because I don't want to be the person that makes content just for views. I want to be the person that makes content that gets people like Dwayne to be like, that's, I want to work with you. Mm. That's the content I want to make. Yeah. I want to make content where Stephanie McMahon, when I was obsessed with WD, she's like, yes, I'll do a collab with you. And little Lily's like, yes, I'm glad you made this video. That's what I want to drive mm. me. But it's been such a challenge because there's no analytic for that. There's only an analytic for the views. And so I need to really let yeah. go of that somehow. And it's like a long-term game. It's like I'm creating content that maybe in a few years someone will see and inspired and they want to mm -hmm. partner with me or we mm -hmm. want to do a project together that I'm that's actually more important than 10 million views on any video. Yeah, and, and I and I do really believe, I genuinely believe this when I say it. It's just hard to implement every day again because there's no statistic, but the greatest thing that could ever come from me doing what I do is that years from now, if there was someone that accomplished great things like someone who freed people who got equal rights someone who even became like some sort of world leader and if ever in an interview they were like you know i used to watch this girl lily and she really inspired me that is like really true i think inspiration and power and what i would want to accomplish mm. because it's not only about my success it's about everyone who might be inspired by that but yeah. there's no statistic for that so That's it's tough. hard yeah it's yeah. tough who's the most inspirational person in the world for you right now Huh. The most inspiration person in the world for me right now, with fear of sounding redundant, it's going to be Dwayne. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be. Of course, my mom is there. Of course, there's many of the people in my family right. that inspire me. But the particular, the particular way Dwayne has inspired me, I think, is so unique. I think it's like a one in a billion story of mm. the summary would be growing up obsessed with Dwayne. Like his you pictures are. were all over my wall. My email address was therock85ahotmail.com. In school, I vividly remember winning a contest. And on the announcements to the school, it said Lily the Rock sing. Like everyone knew I was obsessed wow. with the rock. Okay. And so my whole entire life was just loving this guy. I started making YouTube videos. I grew up and I was still a huge fan, but maybe a less fanatic fangirl. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I used to make a lot of comments about him in my videos, you know? talk a lot about him, make jokes about him, and not knowing his daughter was watching my videos. And so through whatever fate and stars aligning, Dwayne has become my mentor and friend, mm -hmm. and that's a rarity in life. Few people can say my absolute role model is someone I can Crazy. call and ask for advice from. Crazy. Like, few people can say that. And few people, a lot of people would say that's scary because a lot of times when you meet people, they're not who you expect them to be. But he D was Dwayne you. is so above and beyond who I ever expected wow. him to be. And what that has taught me is that everything you learn about, before I even got an ounce of fame, I was so guilty of being one of those people that's like, celebrities are stuck up, they're rich, they don't got problems. All these basic mentality things people say t on Twitter to me, right. you know? I used to think that. I used to think there's no way a celebrity actually cares about people. Dwayne proved me so damn wrong. And I remember just having a heart-to-heart -heart with him saying, you have actually convinced me that you can be so successful in such a cutthroat industry but still be the nicest person. And I did not think that combination was possible at all. I did not think. I thought it was all a facade, but it is not. You do not have to be a jerk to be good at business. You do not have to be rude to get your point across. And Dwayne proves that. And wow. that's why I value, as I mentioned in the book, being nice so much because I do think it is an ingredient in the recipe to success. Yeah. Wow. What's the biggest lesson he's taught you then? The biggest lesson he's taught me, I mean, there, uh, amongst many yeah. business-wise, something he said to me that's always stuck with me is he, he said to me, you know, when I was in football and I tried to go to wrestling. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Everyone was like, okay, now you're going to be a wrestler. Then he got really, really great at wrestling. And when he left the WWE, he went into acting. And again, people said to him, now you're going to be a wrestler. He goes into acting like we've seen this mm -hmm. attempted before. It didn't work out too well. And then he got into movies. And after movies, he decided to do ballers. 
which is a show. So and I love that show. People said to him, he told me people said to him, movie stars don't do TV shows. Mm. That is not the, the path people go. And it's like he, going backwards or yeah, something. Yeah, right? exactly. And he was like, well, we're going to buck tradition then. He's like, you make up your own rules about what that path is going to be. And that was always really inspirational to me as someone who went from psychology to I'm going to make YouTube videos to actually I want to act and sometimes I want to do music and I want to write a book and I don't want to live it myself because if no one else is taking that path, I'll make that path then. Yeah. And that's what he's done. Amazing. Amazing. This is just basically <laughs> episode one of Lily fangirling about Dwayne The Rock Johnson here um, of a 12-part series that could happen. <laughs> what is your vision next for you then? What's the scariest thing that you want to go after for yourself? <clears throat> if you could achieve anything. If I could achieve anything. Like, I, like you're gonna, if you could write it down mm -hmm. and it's going to happen, anything you want, what would that be? I want to be, I'm just going to be blunt. Is that I want to be a very big star. I'm going to say that and I know. Break it, girl. Yeah. And I know sometimes people think that, that's what you want to be. I want to be a big star because you know one of the greatest things about what I do is that I can actually do things for people. You know, I can make a video that can inspire someone even through money. I can help my friends if they need help. If I need to help them with a project, I can do that. If I need to promote something, a cause I really believe, I can do that. I want to be a big star not just because I want to be in movies and I believe in the art of acting and I want to tell great stories, but I think with the more stardom I have, I believe in my heart, I could help more people. You know, I want to be that person that's like, I'm going to walk a red carpet and then tomorrow I'm going to go and with an organization I'm working with, we're going to go to this, this village in Kenya I admire and I'm going to build schools without giving it a second thought because I can do that. That's what I want to do. I want, I don't want to just lie and say, I just want to help people. Of course I do. But I also want to do it because I am a great actress or a great musician. I'm really great at something and that greatness has led to me being able to help people. Mm. That's what I want. I love it. I don't just want to help people through an inheritance or anything. Not that anything's wrong with that, but I right. want to feel like I'm really good at something and because of that, I'm able to help people. Yeah. So it's kind of a selfish motive, but one I want to share with other people. Sure. What's your biggest fear if that happens? Are you afraid of it all? Oh, I'm so afraid. Half of my life is being afraid, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I think... I'm every day I step out of my comfort zone and there are some days where I'm like, shut up, Lily, just have a day where you just sit on your couch <laughs> you're safe. and yeah. you're safe and you're not doing a speech and you're not in front of a camera and you just get to be crappy. Let <laughs> yeah, yourself right. be crappy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think every day, whether it's podcasts or whether it's auditions or whether it's panels or whatnot, it's always some element of stepping out of my comfort zone, yeah. preparing for something, getting mentally ready for something. And I'm scared that, that's going to take a toll because even now I don't consider myself, I mean, Forbes can say whatever they want. I don't consider myself this huge, massively, massively influential person. Mm -hmm. I think I influence a certain amount of people and that's great. But um, I'm scared that it is, my career is going to go upwards and I'm going to not be able to feel the same way as I feel right now speaking to you. Mm. That it's going to take such a toll on me that I'm going to think. Really? Yeah, it is a valid fear. And I know reality enough to say that. I'm not. I'm no longer that naive person that's like, I'm going to respond to every message I get and every bit of fan mail and I'm never going to say no to a picture and I, I'm always going to be a positive, happy person. That's not possible. It's not. it's not possible. And I know that now sitting here today, Azalee, but I'm five years from now, what else will I learn yeah. that is impossible? I'm sure you've seen you know? The Rock too. I'm sure he would love to take a photo with everyone, but exactly. when there's 20,000 people exactly. outside his hotel room, when there's 20,000 people like, also, I when, gotta get to work. And Exactly, and where do you draw that line? And so I've just learned so many things that three years ago I didn't know, and so the fear is that three years from now, what will I know that I don't know now that will change whatever I'm yeah. saying right now? What are you more afraid of, being the most relevant person in the world or being irrelevant? Hmm... I'm going to say it currently, Lily, <laughs> her answer, the fear would be being irrelevant. And I say that because I'm in this really interesting gray area mm. where I have a lot of fame online, but I still go into auditions and they're like, I'm sorry, what was your name again? Mm. You know and what I mean? Like, uh -oh. I'm caught in between two worlds. Ego check. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I have celebrity, <laughs> but then sometimes I'll go to events and people will not care at all about who I am. And it's like this 
area of like I have really sometimes I'll have dinner with my celebrity friends and I'll have a conversation and then I know I can't have that same conversation mm. with some of my friends not because they're better or worse but because like you won't relate to anything I don't yeah. want to be that douchebag that's having a dinner with my friends being like oh my god so the thing I hate about first class is <laughs> you know I don't want to have that conversation where I'm like oh my Ugh. god so like I went outside and there was like hundreds of fans and then because I don't want that yeah. my friend to be like can we even have a conversation about right. But who's to blame there? Because that is my reality. You know, that I'm, ta- I'm not trying to put on a facade. That's the real things I experience. Yeah. And that always gets to me because I'm like, oh, I never want to be so up here that I can't come down here and have a conversation with anyone. I want to be able to have a conversation with anyone. So I want to maintain that. And there's a fear of me making a video yeah. of my fans being like, I can't relate to this. What you're right. This is so irrelevant to me. Yeah. What do you think about the most during your days? You want to know a thought I have every single day? It's so ridiculous. Yeah. At least once a day, I have a thought where it's just, if I had a superpower, it would be to pause time so I could take a nap. Once a day, I have this thought. I just would love to pause time to take a nap right here on this desk hey. and then just resume <laughs> and you wouldn't even know. You know what I mean? Um, I think about that a lot. I also think about during my day, um, I'm obsessed with productivity, like I said. So you know, I have a chapter in my book that is about problem solving everything from small problems to very large problems so something like oh what am i stressed about right now my phone is dead great i'm gonna come up with three solutions as to how this cannot stress me tomorrow and so throughout my day i'm always picking up little things that have slowed me down mm. i use this analogy a lot of mario and mario kart yes. and so i always consider my day a race you can call it unhealthy but i think it's fun and cute <laughs> um and so what banana peels did i deal with I'm always going to address the next day. And so yeah. during the day, I'm always thinking of those things, of what slowed me down and what I can improve on. Mm. What's the thing you're most proud of that maybe most people don't know about you? Hmm. What am I most proud of? I am proud that in the vast amount of priorities you can have in a day and in life, being or at least trying and valuing being a kind person is still very high on my priority list. And I think it's easy when you're on set or it's easy when you have so many people working for you. It's easy to not care about that. You know, it is. And I almost, I don't want to give people a pass when they're rude on set. I don't think it's right, but I could see how they think that's okay because I'll go onto a set and people will cater to me left right and center in a ways where i'm almost almost uncomfortable with because i'm like no like treat me like a human yeah. um i've seen if i'm even having a bad day and i might come across rude no one calls me out on it no one will be like that's not right unless i do it myself yeah. and so i can see how when you're constantly around that environment you mm-hmm. might be like i'm allowed to do this and this is what i'm supposed to do i'm proud that i still call myself out on crap you know, and I hope that maintains. Like an example is yesterday, not to toot my own horn, but I yesterday I realized that I have a shooter and he's a phenomenal shooter, filmmaker. Mm-hmm. But we butt heads a lot on set because he's fixated on these minor, minor lighting details that I could care less about because I don't see them because my eye is not trained to see them. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll always be like, kind of, hurry up, we need to shoot, we need to shoot. Yeah. And so I called myself out on them. I was like, well, you know, he's, his intentions are to make this the best thing. <laughs> and so I had to have a talk with him. I was like, I'm sorry if I was like being a little bit of a jerk to you. I get where your intentions are and I'll try to work on it. Right. And I'm proud that I'm able to see that because very few times will anyone else call me out on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. Hmm. I want to be a nice person. I don't want to lose <laughs> You are that. a nice person. Thank yes. you. Keep it though. I want to yes, maintain. I do. I am one of those people, call it naive or not, that believes that compassion and kindness can mm. actually change the world. Yeah. I really do believe that. What's the question you wish more people would ask you? I wish more people would ask me, and we, we spoke about this a bit before we started recording. What is something you were blatantly wrong about? What are something that you believe that you don't believe right now? Mm-hmm. Because I think when people look at journeys of people, they think they're very like this, but really they're like this and like this and like this and like this. And there's a lot of things I've changed my mind about, you know, yeah. and there's a lot of things I've learned. And there's even times where I've eaten my words where I'm like, oh, that's not, that's not right at all. I don't believe that. Um, and so I pe- wish people would dissect those elements of my story a bit more because those are the parts people actually need to learn from, mm-hmm. you know, is that you will change and grow as a person. And that is not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I ask the final few questions, do you guys have one? Anything come up for you? Anything I missed? You want me to repeat yeah, yeah. it? Okay, Tiff, great. Tiff asked a question. All right. Tiff asked a great, phenomenal question, which was, you know, as a woman of color, has that 
impacted my journey? Am I caught? Am I aware of it? Um, and how has that been in general? Mm-hmm. I think yes. with with the trajectory of my career, it's interesting. It's kind of multifaceted in a lot of ways because I'm obviously I'm aware. I'm a woman of color. Yes. <laughs> you know, I take a shower every day. I'm aware. <laughs> but when things happen, you know, when I get write a book or when I, I achieve things and people say, well, how does it feel as a woman of color? I'm like, mm. I wasn't really thinking of it as a woman right. of color in that moment. You know, I wasn't accepting award being like, well, with brown skin and a vagina, <laughs> I think, you know, it, but then sometimes I do. So it's kind of an on and off relationship where I'm aware. And I, I made a post about this where I'm aware that especially doing things online, do I face a lot of really intense sexism with opportunities? I don't think so. I don't think I get less opportunities on YouTube because I'm a woman. That's a great thing about the digital space. I think that's a great example for Hollywood. Yeah. There's no casting director in front of the upload button. You know, the number one influencer is the woman, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of a lot of other industries could take notes, just yeah. saying. <laughs> but at the same time, do I face sexism in other ways? Of course. Of course, there's the YouTube comments that are like, make me a sandwich, do that. But at a deeper level, when I make, for example, one of my most hated videos or disliked videos is, why I don't need a relationship. That is one of my most disliked mm. videos. Yeah. It is me ranting about all the reasons I don't think I need a boyfriend. I don't sure. want a boyfriend. Yeah. It is the same type of humor as a video I would make called Five Things I Love About Relationships. Mm. It's the same type of wittiness. It's the same everything. The only difference is I'm saying why I don't think I need a relationship. Comments. You are so stuck up. You are one of those girls that just thinks you're better than everybody. So what? You're so into This is why I hate feminism. And that's the type of sexism I deal with. Whereas if I have a strong viewpoint about something or I'm really direct about something, I will more often be called rude and harsh than some, perhaps, not for sure, perhaps my male counterpart would have done it. And I think that's consistent across a lot of industries, which is a strong point of view is not perceived in the same type of epicness um, if a female did it as if a male did it. Got and it. so I do deal with that a lot. But yeah. otherwise, I've always said, as a woman of color, my, my one line is, I can make a billion videos about why racism is wrong and why sexism is wrong. And I have a few, you know, when I'm feeling sassy, I have a few. But I know the most impactful way to challenge that is to be the most successful woman of color I can be. Amen. You know, that's when people see me on a billboard, that will probably speak way more volumes than me making a five minute video explaining to people that probably won't listen anyways right. as to why racism, yeah. racism and sexism is wrong. I love that. Mm-hmm. Do you have one? Christine is asking in the first two years when you knew what you were doing, but other people didn't understand it, what keeps mm-hmm. fueling you when you had other things to do with your time? Right. I think it was definitely that challenge of I don't know anything about this world because I also... I might have known more than my parents, but I also didn't know a lot about YouTube. I was like, what are, uh, what are an analytics? You know, I was like, what are these things? How I had no idea with dance. I had an idea, you know, I was like, I know I have to do this. I have to choreograph. This is how long this is. with YouTube. I had no idea. This is a brand new thing I had to learn about every part of it. I had to learn about. I think that challenge really drove me to yeah. be like, well, maybe you can learn about this. Maybe you can make your own rules. Right. It was also me. I had, summer jobs and part-time jobs growing up forever mm-hmm. and when i decided to make youtube my career even though no one else understood to this day people are like you get paid off making videos, <laughs> right that's what excited me it was the oh so i can make my own was i don't have to get up at nine i don't have to go to work i don't have to punch in and out i don't have to listen to what someone else is telling me to i can make my own rules and that really excited me mm. and it, maybe it was the idea that no one really understood it, that drove me further because i could be like I'm going to make you understand now. Right, right. And you know, that's exciting because it's exciting to say that my parents, people who did not get the internet, now can confidently speak about the digital space in YouTube. And that's through me educating them mm-hmm. about that. And that's, that's awesome. I think it took me like eight years until my family finally figured out what I was doing. Yeah, They were for still sure. like, they're like, how you have money and how mm-hmm. are you, what is this? They just didn't understand yeah. it. They're like, what? The proudest moment, one of the proudest moments I've ever had. Sorry, am I talking too much? Am I no, talking? Okay. Good. One of the proudest moments. They're like, we can just deal with it in the edit. One of the <laughs> proudest moments I've ever had was, you know, for years I was like, every Monday and Thursday I'm making videos. Mm-hmm. I lived with my parents for a really, really long time up until I was 26. And I had to make videos while living in their house. And so they didn't always get why I needed to be quiet and why they couldn't yell on the phone and why I needed costumes and needed this. And one of the proudest moments was, I remember one Thursday, my dad was like, Lily, I need you to, to go somewhere with me to the bank. And my mom, before I even answered, she's like, she can't, you know it's Thursday. And I was like, 
Wow. Oh my goodness. You are valuing she what I do me. as a thing that needs to be prioritized. <laughs> and I will always remember that because I was like, you are, you get it. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, final couple questions. Okay. This is called the three truths. Okay. So imagine that this is the last video you're ever going to put up. Oh my God. I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> okay. And, the, and this, the answer you give is the last video that you get to put up. Okay. And um, for whatever reason, every other video and book and thing you've done is, is erased. Okay. So this is just one video left okay. to the world Got it. of your message. Mm-hmm. It's called The Three Truths. And imagine that everyone turned on their computer or their phone and they're watching this video live. And it'll be recorded, but they'll watch it live and they can understand you. Sounds great so far. So they're listening, <laughs> they're watching you live yeah. as you're going to answer this. Okay. What would you say are your three truths? The three things you've learned about your entire life, the lessons that you would want to share with the world as your final video, your three truths? One would definitely be, there is very seldom right and wrong. There is more often different. And a lot of our problems would be resolved in life if we understood that. Mm. Another would be, in a lot of issues in the world and in life and in comedy, and, and anything you do in life can often be divided into two solutions. One is courage and love, and the other is fear and hate. If you dissect most of life's issues, they fall into those two categories. Fear and hate is always easier. Love and courage is always harder. Love and courage will more likely be worth the fight of it being harder. Um, And the last thing I would say is, no one has it figured out. We're all making it up as we go along. So make it up as best as you can. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Those are great. Yeah. Um, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Lily, okay. for your incredible courage oh. to go after yeah. something of the unknown, but to tap into the young girl that you once were, which was being creative, being fun, trying new things, making mistakes, and figuring it out as you went. Thank you. You inspire so many people around the world who watch, come to your events, who read your book, and I just think you're an incredible inspiration. Thank you. And so talented and so giving of your heart. So I acknowledge you for your consistent Thank dedication you. every single day to be the best that you want to be because you're inspiring people in that journey. That's very yeah. sweet. Thank you so, so yeah, much. And I welcome. do have to commend you because before we started this, you said, I want what would make this the best podcast is if you talked about things you've never talked about. And I Definitely did that. I feel like this is the best, one of the best things I've ever done, to be honest. So if we could just promote this everywhere. Drop the mic. I'm just going to promote it everywhere because I really think these conversations were really dope. So thank you for digging deep and being so open and receptive. It was really, really great. It's powerful. Thank you. Um, Final question. Yes. Before I ask it, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure everyone goes through the book, How to Be a Baos, a guide to conquering life and to follow you subscribe where's the best places they should go yes you can go at youtube.com slash lily sing l-i-l-l-y-s-i-n-g-h and my socials for everything else are i i superwoman i i because <laughs> why I why'd you do that didn't know what a trademark was seven years ago <laughs> <laughs> got it yes. why didn't you use your personal name then why did I use for YouTube? Why did not? Why, didn't why didn't I? You use it for because Instagram or seven Twitter? years ago, oh, I, seven years ago, everything was I, I Superman I, I. Uh, Even YouTube is I, I uh, Superman I. I just have multiple URLs that work. Got it. Um, but seven years ago, I was like, oh, I really liked that hip hop song by Lil Mo and Fabulous, and I used to call myself Superman well before making YouTube videos. It's like, oh, this is gonna be a fun little side project. Let me do Superman. Sure, sure. Have you ever thought about changing it to your name? <sighs> Dwayne wants us to, so <laughs> we'll see. I haven't decided yet, but I, I'm trying to call myself Lily more and more, though. Yeah, yeah. cool. Okay, um, so guys, go get the book. You're not on tour anymore. It's tour's over. I have one more stop in Trinidad, but one after that, stop. it's done. Yeah. It's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but follow her. Watch Thank her videos. You. They're hilarious. Watch the one of her in the shower recently, which is yes. hilarious. And also, any of my fans who are here for the first time, please make sure you follow Lewis oh. as well, because you won't regret it. Appreciate it. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Final question is, what's your definition of greatness? Mm, my definition of a greatness. My definition of greatness is to excel at whatever you think is a value to excel in without having to pull anyone or anything else back. It is to move forward while bringing everything else around you in forward momentum as well. Mm. You're a boss. Really Takes Thank one to so know much. one. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> 
There you have it, guys. If you enjoyed this, if you were inspired by this, if you got some inspiration and you learned some things, then make sure to share this with your friends. LewisHouse.com slash 506. Tweet out some of the tweetables that are on the, the show notes right there. You can watch the full video interview at the show notes as well on YouTube. Make sure to tag Lily. Tag myself on social media. Let us know what you think about it. Let us know what you're learning, what you're gaining from this experience, and share this with your friends. The way that we grow is by sharing. Sharing is caring. Let's do this, guys. And if you enjoyed this, make sure to leave a review of this episode over on iTunes. Just click on the podcast app that you're listening to or online on iTunes and leave a review at the School of Greatness podcast for your chance to be one of the reviews of the week. And to finish this, Pablo Picasso said, every child is an artist. The problem is staying an artist when you grow up. Guys, use your creativity. Allow yourself to play, adventure, create something magical in the world. Don't just stay stuck in a life and a path that you don't love. Start doing things that bring your unique experience, your unique heart, your gifts to the world. Create, design, explore, adventure. You got this. I got your back, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night. And building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.